Hello. Hello. Welcome to Working Out the Kinks. I am Victoria Johnson. And I am Evelyn Prince. We are writers of erotic fiction. I feel like our listeners know that by now. Do we need to keep saying it? (laughs) I hope they know that, but I also really hope that we're getting new people listening. Like maybe that is, maybe that's a just a distant dream, but I hope so. I hope so too. Um, well, yes. Oh, I already said it, so we're good to go. How are you? What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week. Um, that is a good question. This week, the day job has been busy, and mm-hmm. I am just desperately waiting for the day where I can just write smutty books for a living rather than doing office work as well. But um. Yeah, so things have been busy. I've just started a new book. I started editing a collection of short stories, which Victoria and I have hinted about in the past. Yeah, um, we talked about that last time. I book. promise I will get to mine soon. <laughs> you get to yours whenever you're ready. I, yeah, I just didn't know what to write for a while. I was, I think I talked about this last time too. I was like in that awkward limbo between books and that lasted a long time. And so, yeah. But I feel like I found my new project, and I'm I'm holding it quite close to my heart because talking about it makes me anxious. But uh, no, yeah, I'm quite excited that's for it. That's exciting. Is it? I think you've told me about it, right? No, no, I haven't even told you. It's a secret. I might need to bother you about it, but not right now. <laughs> Um, well, that is exciting. Yay. I am glad that you found something new yes. that you're excited about. Me too. I feel like this happens to every author when you just are like just struggling to find your next project, but you have a crisis where you're like, I can never write again. I'm never going to be able to write anything. Nothing I write will ever be worthwhile. And just like, okay, calm down. Calm down <laughs> a little bit there. You're That's fine. It's okay. Totally fair. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of in that right now as well. Not so much that I can't ever write, just my motivation is lacking at the moment. Um, I, cause, so the last six weeks, month, two months have been very, very busy. I published three things, two novellas and one full novel. And it was, I didn't think about this until the other day, but it was a lot of work. And like, I kept telling you that I was like, this is impressive. And you're like, no, I just write words. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it feels in the moment. And then after I finished all of it, I was like, oh, that was a lot of work, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I'm at right now. I'm um, the last book. um, So diary of a toy which is now out on amazon that was largely written in three days a three-day period of ridiculousness where i wrote twenty-one thousand words and it was a little excessive but i won the bet against my husband and that's what matters matters. (laughs) uh for anyone listening that book is ridiculously hot like it is it's so good go buy that book (laughs) <laughs> you flatter me I'm at, I was proud of it I, I was proud that I got it done so fast I was proud I'm proud of that whole little series because I don't typically write in first person it's not really my wheelhouse so that has been a very fun thing it's working really well for them thank you 
But now, yeah, I'm working on my next full novel. I told myself that I had to finish the sequel to Control of Her Body before I did another short thing, because otherwise it won't get done. <laughs> you know how easy it is to just write short things? Not easy, but it's just like, there's less commitment. It's less terrifying. It, it's faster. <laughs> that's That's what it is. It's not the commitment. It's just that it's faster, and I'm... I have a very much instant gratification brain, so. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and, a, and a couple other little things that I don't think I can talk about yet, but that's okay. I'll tell um, you. Later. I think it's really exciting that uh, your one of your newest projects links up so perfectly with our topic today. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get into it. So today our topic actually was voted on on Twitter. That was very fun. We had four topics of what we could talk about today and uh bimbofication one, but I was very surprised how close it was there for a while. Like there were bimbofication sadism and age play were all like neck and neck for like a full day and I was getting stressed out (laughs) (laughs) because it was like well what if what if one of them doesn't win how do we pick we like throw a dice or something it's fine flip a coin (laughs) get a 20-sided dice I've got like five of them it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so Um, we are going to be it, it was, was so fun just seeing like everyone engage and everyone like care about what we talked about. And I said this on Twitter, but just in case you didn't see it, um, for anyone who voted for something that was not bimbification, we're we're gonna get to all those topics. I think we're oh, really excited to talk about all of them. It might I mean it might be a while before we get to them, but we'll get to them. <laughs> <laughs> because life gets in the way. Life. Um, but as Evelyn said, this actually works out well, because one of my books that I published in the last six weeks was um, Diary of a Bimbo, which was my first like long form exploration into bimbofication. I'd done a little bit on my blog before, but not in a long term format and certainly not first person. So that was a definite challenge. It was very fun, but it was a challenge. Do you want to talk just a little bit about what the book's about, like other than bimbofication? Like just... <laughs> Well, so basically, it's the story of Lucy and Skylar. They meet at a coffee house, and she's super feminist and, like, doesn't do any of the normal girly things, doesn't do her hair, doesn't, like, do makeup or anything like that. But Skylar is, like, a traditional, like, super masculine, patriarchal-type dude. And he really likes girls that are super hyper-feminine and all that stuff. And throughout the course of the book, he slowly just convinces her to do all the things that he likes and she doesn't even object it's like oh yeah I guess this is fine because it's what he wants and it was more or less I was trying to hint at hypnosis without actually doing it because Amazon guidelines are silly but I really wish I could have done like true hypnosis in it because I think that would have been very dark and very fun I feel like we could do a whole episode ranting about Amazon guidelines that we don't have to get into that today. Podcast is about. (laughs) Um, 
that book sounds super hot and we've talked about this before in this podcast I think and how bimbofication can also be kind of scary and creepy and how that contributes to the hotness at times and so like that book just sounds like it has all of those things working together so well um I also so the ending is spoiler alert uh the ending is very sweet um in my published version but then I wrote up a dark version so whenever you read it if you want to read that I will send it over to you it's on my patreon for anyone who subscribes to that (laughs) and if you don't why not I've got lots of cool stuff on there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which of the topics do you want to talk about first Evelyn dealer's choice dealer's choice um I think I want to get into hypnosis because as you said, that's such a big part, or at least common trope in bimbofication stories, mm-hmm. um, whether implicit or explicit. And I certainly, I find myself leaning on it a lot whenever I write bimbofication. It just feels like a... It feels like it fits. It feels like it fits. It almost feels like a shortcut sometimes like this Mm -hmm. hypnosis tape that very conveniently exists in this world is going to do the work for you but I feel like it works really well within this kink because this kink is all about I feel like it's very powerfully about like helplessness and losing yourself and losing your sense of self Mm -hmm. and so hypnosis could be considered a shortcut but it also just fits into the world so well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, there's actually, in Diary of a Bimbo, there's actually a chapter. So the way these are set up is there are 20 chapters, 20 parts, and they're each 1,000 to 1,500 words long. And that's how I keep myself within my prescribed word count limit because I have a tendency to overrun myself, and we've talked about that before. But there is one chapter near the end where my main character, Lucy, meets up with a friend of hers who is just horrified by all the different changes that she sees in her friend. She's gotten a boob job. She's dyed her hair. She's got her nails done. She's not expressing any interest in any of the things that she was interested in before current events, feminism, all that sort of stuff. And it was kind of, it was interesting to write about this outside person who's not involved in this main dynamic, seeing the changes because to my main character and to her partner, it's all fine. Because it's exactly what he wants. So the the helplessness. And even my character was just like, oh, well, she probably is just jealous because I'm super cute or whatever. And didn't literally didn't even acknowledge like any of her friend's concerns. So. Yeah, it's it's such a complicated kink to write and engage with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's. A reason why I love it and a reason why I struggle with it at the same time is because everything that is so hot about those stories is everything that sort of goes against my real life politics. And I'm just, I feel like that's true for a lot of kinks that I write, to be honest. But for some reason, bimbofication like touches a very tender spot. (laughs) Well, because as women and 
I, I think that maybe we could get into a little bit of patriarchy and misogyny kink here as well, but we're going to talk about that a little later. As women, we're supposed to be so strong and so powerful. And it's, for me, I'm very easily able to separate myself from my fantasy like that this turns me on but obviously this is not a real life thing I would want but I think that some people have a hard time with that and so then you have the cognitive dissonance of this turns me on but I would never want this so why yeah um I feel like I'm very able to separate myself from my fantasies as well but I think what it where it gets me is putting it out in the world Mm. like I was just writing these stories for myself I'd be like oh yeah cool this is fine I, I know exactly what I mean by this. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I put it out of the world, like in my, on my BDSM blog, whenever I write something that's a bit more non-con or morally questionable, I put it in a tag. So I'm always like, don't do this to people in real life. And it just, <laughs> it just that makes me feel better. Where I'm like, don't hypnotize your girlfriend into getting a boob job. <laughs> you mean you don't want that, Evelyn? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a troubled person what can I say no and I do think that like taking that responsibility as an author especially after the early 2010s the 50 shades nonsense of people actually getting injured because they were trying to imitate the things that they found in the book that is not a good portrayal of BDSM at all um so I totally understand that responsibility that you would feel towards your readers but at what I guess at what point do we separate our responsibility as a writer and just say, hey, you should have some common sense? Yep. No, it's it's absolutely true. And it's something I don't have any hard and fast rules for. I just go with the stories. <laughs> I'm like, well, this story feels like it needs this. So here we go. I don't have any. And I mean, at the end of the day. These kinks all touch differently, right? Like, I can write non-con very easily. And then bimbofication touches a very tender place with me. And then I feel like someone else could be the complete opposite. Like, bimbofication is like, no, it's fine. It's so obviously fantasy. Whereas non-con is like, oh, that touches something very deep. And I want to, like, just make things super clear. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just a... Yeah, it's just a very individual thing. And I don't know why this one, like, pokes at all the tender bits. And at the same time, I'm like, this is really, really hot. I really like this. I think maybe because, um, like like we were talking, hypnosis does fit this trope so very well, for whatever reason. Um, and that is maybe, you know, it could be because that's literally having your choice taken away. In all of our other, um, in all of, 90% of other kinks, you know, it's consensual or at least implied that, you know, these individuals agreed to it. Where with hypnosis, it's straight, it's straight non-consent. Like there's, there's no even ability to consent because this person's in an altered state of consciousness, which I, I'm with you. I don't know why it's so hot, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a really good point because I I do write a lot of non-con and I feel like it's that you've put your finger on it with that ability to consent is taken away, whereas in all my other non-con stories, there's that struggle. Like that person is saying, I don't want this and it's happening anyway. Mm. Whereas with 
sort of more hypnosis-y story, it's the person's like, oh, no, I totally want this. And you're like, I don't know, it's an irony, like, you know, uh, yeah. 10th grade English irony, <laughs> English class irony, <laughs> where you're like, I know something the character does not. <laughs> <laughs> when you read Diary of a Bimbo, you'll see kind of what I did with that, because I completely agree. It's like you're reading along and you're like, wow, this is hot, but also... And then another character points it out, and the main Lucy's just like, it's fine. It's all fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I I wonder what the different explorations of hypnosis would look like. Because, you know, there's like, like you said, the hypnosis tape, and then there's like the crystal waving in front of the eyeballs. And then like the way that I did it in my book was like very gentle persuasion, where it's like, okay, but I know you don't really want to, but could you just try it just for me? And then she's like, oh, well, it made him really happy, so I'll do that instead, you know? Yeah. Um, I wonder what those different sorts of things might end up looking like and what they would result in. Now I want to write a bunch of hypnosis stuff. <laughs> the 10 different hypnosis theories by Victoria Johnson. Don't tempt me, Evelyn. <laughs> I think you should. Why would I not tempt you? This is what this podcast is all about. It's one of us saying, I want to write this, and the other saying, do it, do it. You can do it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I might. Um, that would probably be something that didn't go on Amazon, though, because, like I said, silly rules. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, navigating Amazon is tricky and that is all I will say for now because it is a whole rant which it's a whole thing you had quite a lot of body modification in Diary of the Bimbo didn't you I did I want you to talk about that okay um I did uh that's another thing that I feel like fits this trope so well um it it just fits like why wouldn't these girls have these enormous tits and like ass implants and all these other sorts of things and liposuction and all this and in my book I went into breast implants and piercings and um clitoral hood removal oh it's <laughs> my everything clench that is one of the kinks I cannot read oh no it's very subtle I promise <laughs> if you end up reading my book it's subtle but um it actually it wasn't so <laughs> I was reading um I don't know if you've read this book I was reading The Taming of Lady Westwood by Trent Evans um it's the only fantasy book he's written it's abs it's got an absurd cliffhanger and I'm bugging him about writing more of it <laughs> but there's a throat there's a scene so it's got a lot of um, non-consensual um, femdom in it and super hot. But there's this one scene where this girl is taken by Lady Westwood to um, a field and she watches this other girl who's basically being used as a pony to plow the fields. Okay, And they're having a conversation about this training farm or whatever and there's a throwaway comment about um, girls having their hoods removed, their clitoral hood removed, because it makes them more vulnerable. And for the life of me, I could not get it out of my fucking head. <laughs> I was like, it, it was a sentence, a singular sentence in the entire scene, in the entire book. And I was like, 
that. That is the thing I'm going to obsess about for the next six months. Um, it's going probably going to be involved in my fantasy books, and it ended up in Diary of a Bimbo. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I love those evolutions of kinks. Like, I feel like that's happened to me so much where there's, like, a line in a story, and I'm suddenly, like, going through pages and pages of Google searches, just like, tell me more about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but anyway, so Diary of the Bimbo, I only did those two things, but most of the book focuses on, like, the hood removal is only in, like, the last two, three chapters, um, so most of it focuses on, like, convincing her that body mod is something that she can do, and then, um, when she finally does it, she's, like, obsessed, like, with her pretty big tits, and her piercings through her nipples and all of that stuff, and, I think first I didn't realize how much I like that, like body modification. I was um, talking to my husband after I was like, Hey, how'd you feel if I got my boobs done? And he looked at me and was like, why? <laughs> no reason. No reason. We're fine. <laughs> Can you tell me what political opinions to have? <laughs> oh, we have the same opinion. So that's fine. <laughs> but I was writing it and it was, it was kind of like what we had just talked about with hypnosis, like the total loss of all bodily autonomy. And I don't know why it was so sexy, but it was. And I think like body modification when it's required by the Dom or the master or whatever, it's such a powerful impact on the status, his status in their relationship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know it was very sexy in my opinion <laughs> I I love what you said about it just like that last thing you said about it emphasizing his role like it's just that kind of extension of con that extent of control mm -hmm. um, because body mod is a weird one for me where sometimes it works and sometimes it gets a little squicky for me. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't know what makes that difference, but it's not really something I write though. I guess piercings. Yeah. Piercings to me feel different than like implants and like plastic surgery kind of modifications. I don't know why. Like I feel like it's every time we talk, I'm just like, I need to do some soul searching. <laughs> It's because if, if I had to guess, it's probably because implants, plastic surgery, that sort of stuff is permanent. It's very permanent where you can take a piercing out. It's not I a big deal. I had to take piercings out because they were not healing and I'm still heartbroken about it. I know. I kind of, we talked about that. I kind of want to get mine redone. <laughs> I miss I, them. They're so cute. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But, and the the other thing is, um, like, with kinks like um, TPE, Total Power Exchange and such, where, um, you know, it's basically implied and agreed upon that the man can do whatever he wants with the woman's body or vice versa, you know, that's fine, you know if there's an agreement to that, you know, sure, bend me over the couch no matter what I'm doing and fuck me, it's fine. But with things like body modification, surgery, all that sort of stuff, 
it takes it even a step further because even if she agrees to it, it's still permanent. And what if things don't work out? Yeah. And obviously, you know, this is a real life situation that we're having a conversation about right now. It's not obviously the fantasy in our books because in our books, everything works out. It's, you know, that's the point. But I feel like also combined with um, hypnosis, which it I feel like it is, you know, or loss of control, loss of um, autonomy. It gets even more in there because it's like, here's this very permanent decision being made for you. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it's hot. I, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was just the way you phrase it. I'm like, yes, I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's such a hot kink for that sense of helplessness. I feel like that is so prevalent in so many of my kinks. But bimbification hits it in a very specific way because it's... It's all about that helplessness, whereas other kinks, it's like, this is hot. It's about this thing and helplessness is part of it. Whereas I feel like with bimbification, it's just completely about being at the whim of another person. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I feel like all the things we talk about are just ways that that is shown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like that leads into our last little thing that we want to talk about this really well. You'll have to remind me what it was because suddenly I'm blanking. <laughs> um, I really, really want to talk about the sort of misogyny of it yeah. all and yes. the way and the way that just hits sometimes because I I feel like it's such a hot part of this kink for me. Like, you know, this is because you're a woman. This is what women should be. Um, and at the same time, as I've said it, before in this podcast, it hits some very tender places where I'm, and it's that fantasy versus politics thing, where I'm like, this is not okay in real life. This is not where my politics are. Mm-hmm. that I feel like when I write bimbification it's very misogyny heavy and it's very much about like women need to be this and it's the patriarchy yeah yeah that's what it is and it's really really hot in this specific context and then in all other parts of my life I'm just like women are whatever even kings I'm like you know it's sexy that she looks this way or this way or that way or and whereas bimbification is like no there's this one very specific role you have to fill mm-hmm. and um it's weird <laughs> one of my uh, kink diary books is actually going to dive into that like a lot um a diary of a wife it'll be all about patriarchy kink it's going to be very fun but no I I completely agree especially when you bring in the body mod aspect because that's and maybe it's a western culture thing you know the whole the big tits the big ass the itty bitty waist um that kind of concept of ideal beauty because I know that other cultures don't have that same concept. And I guess if we were in different 
different areas of the world, it would look patriarchy kink might look like something different. Like if we were in an Asian culture or something like that, it might look a little bit more like groupy because I know that they're very much a community based um, society in, yeah. over there, Eastern culture. What about that? I, I know it's it's an interesting thing and I'm not sure why I'm thinking about it right now because I've never really thought about it either but <laughs> I think it's valid <laughs> it is. no absolutely it's such a it's such a cultural thing mm-hmm. and yeah I do feel like this is very like western it's a very westernized quote-unquote an ideal mm-hmm mm-hmm um absolutely uh yeah and I really wrestled with it when I was editing my collection of short stories because that will be released hopefully in August but quite a few of those are very um misogyny heavy bimbofication type stories Mm -hmm. even my pet play one of my pet play kinks in there is like about more hypnosis more telling this girl she would be happier as a puppy she should try it she should just try it see if Mm -hmm. she likes it and there's conditioning and it's a very gentle conditioning convincing yeah 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 but for some reason maybe it's just because I was having a weird emotional week like it was hitting hard as I wrote it and I was like this is it's a little uncomfortable. Hot, but it's uncomfortable, but the discomfort is part of what makes it hot, and how do I wrestle with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think bimbofication is one of those kinks that no matter who or what you are, you kind of do have to wrestle with that sort of discomfort because it is so against the grain of what feminism tells women they should be or should like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with that phrasing just because... I I guess there is sort of a prescriptiveness to it, but my feminism is sort of just like, do whatever is right for you. Like, whatever that is. Like, it's... Mine as well. Um, I'm very much a, you know what, I would love to be a stay-at-home parent and partner um, because that's what would make me feel happy and fulfilled. I don't like having to work 40 hours of my life every week outside of the home and not get to spend time with the people I care about. That's what feminism looks like for me because that's what I want. But I feel that especially as we're getting into like third wave feminism and the radical feminists who say that if, that if you want that, you're bad. Yeah. We're seeing, I feel like we're seeing a lot of that, just a lot of radical social movements at the moment um, here in Western culture. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I feel like with radical feminists, that's quite a loud fringe group, or at least that's what I hope. We hope, right? Yeah, it's, um, and just for people who don't know, Radical feminism is like a very particular kind of movement that's sort of based in that all men are inherently bad and a woman-only society would be this utopia and therefore women can't hurt or abuse other women and it's very Mm -hmm. lesbianism and it's 
it's not just like feminism that radically believes that women should be people like it is no it's I've had that confusion with people so I'd like to make it clear it is very heavily rooted in transphobia a lot of the time so it's oftentimes yes unfortunately um and I find I'm not as familiar with other Western cultures, so like Europe and all of that stuff, um, but North American feminist culture is very heavily rooted in misandry, I think. And it's hard because I agree with you. I think the radical feminist movement is a fringe group. It's very small, but isn't it always the way with small fringe groups being the freaking loudest? They're so loud. So the rest of us that are like, no, feminism means women can do literally whatever the fuck they want to. That mm-hmm. That's what feminism is. It's equality. And then they're like, no, you have to want to be a CEO. And why don't you want to do that? And it's like, because I don't. Shut the fuck up. Because I'm tired. <laughs> I just want to write my smutty, misogynistic books. That's all I want. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, we got off on a tangent. Uh, Welcome to the Politics Podcast with Victoria and Evelyn. Um. (laughs) I feel like it's, I feel like that's just part of what we write, though, right? Like, it's so, it doesn't show up in our books, but I feel like it's always there in the thought process. Yeah, it is. Well, sometimes it shows up in our books. You saw, you read the prologue of Control of Our Body. That was some some social commentary that slipped through and I actually edited it back. (laughs) And I mean, I think I love that. It's something that I find hard to wrestle with, but I think I love that our kinks don't exist in a vacuum. I don't think anything would be as hot if it was just like no this is fine and completely understand like I feel like the taboo element of it does play in a little bit I don't think it would be as hot if it wasn't taboo honestly um I I think that it it's that whole um it's dirty and wrong and that makes it hot yeah I don't know I I feel like I Whenever I do sorts of things, like, I almost put a disclaimer at the beginning of, like, Diary of a Bimbo because I was just like, hey, guys, like, fantasy only. But then I thought about it, I was like, no, this is, like, at at least my readers and my followers seem to understand very well that it's exclusively fantasy what I write. So then I I decided against it. (laughs) That's fair. I tend to put disclaimers. I put disclaimers in the front of the pets books because those are very heavily non-con without, you know, a particularly they escape and it's all fine, happy ending. Right. Um, I think when I release my collection of short stories, it might just have, I kind of want to do like a little intro letter to each story, just talking about the process or like what inspired it or where I went with it. And I think that will be useful and just like, hey, this was uncomfortable to write for these reasons. Because I'm with you. I feel like the majority of people who read my work are on the same page um, as me. And just like, hey, this is fantasy. This is not how you treat real people. But I've received just a little handful of uncomfortable messages that have taken my stories as more prescriptive. It happened with my femdom stories um, on my Dominique Ashwood blog. 
um, where, yeah, I received a message from someone being like, this is the way the world should be run. Every lady, like capital, and I was like, please don't call me a lady. I am not. Every lady <laughs> should have a male pet. And I'm like, this oh. feels like this might, this might not be just a fantasy message you're sending me. This feels like something you genuinely believe. Comfortable. That is uncomfortable. Um, I am so sorry that that happened. And so, yeah, I just, there's just been like a handful of weird interactions where I'm like, you know what? I'm on the same page as 99% of everyone who reads my work. And then... 1%. 1%. And I also feel like it, it makes me feel better as a reader sometimes when I'm reading someone's work and I'm like, I don't know them very well, for example. I'm like, where are you with this? And even if I just see a little tag that says, this is fantasy, not real life. Mm-hmm. Or even just a tag saying non-con, like just that acknowledgement of like, I understand that this is not mm-hmm. consensual, even though it's like presented as like murky waters. And I just, I appreciate that as a reader. And so I tend towards it as a writer, mm-hmm. which is not to say that everyone should do it. I feel like it's just everyone has different I, I more tag dub con and non con in that way because then I know I'm helping people find what they want. Um, yeah. For me, it's more of a sorting system. Um, but even. as both, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like a big advert and then it's also an acknowledgement. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, and even with Captive, like my, my first like novella. Wow, that was pronounced really weird. I apologize, listeners. <laughs> um, my first novella, and it's a kidnapping fantasy, but I definitely put that in the disclaimer that it was heavy, dubious consent, like all these different kinks. And I just feel like that's fair, you know, to warn people what they're getting into, especially with these harder kinks. I had to... No, I didn't. Never mind. What I was about to say does not apply, so ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I feel like that, like, I always put them in my summaries as warnings slash enticements, because Mm. they work both ways. They really do. Yeah, I love that whenever I see it. Warnings slash enticements, I'm like, well, it's an enticement for me. (laughs) And then for some people, they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to get into these kinks. I don't want to read Pet Play or Femdom or... And for some people, it's For me, it's definitely one of those things where some people do have genuine triggers, and I only think that's fair to warn them if there's something potentially triggering. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that's all we had to talk about. (laughs) I Well, I disagree because I feel like we could talk about this for another five hours but oh, I mean, listen to our five-hour podcast as much well, as you can love us podcast, friends. <laughs> oh well, I mean that goes without saying but maybe we can have a conversation about that with wine next week <laughs> <laughs> um I just yeah I love this kink I feel like it touches so many vulnerable spots I feel like it's so hot I feel like I'm still unpacking everything there is in this kink and why it works but yeah I I really enjoy it me too yeah even with all the 
wrestling that it makes me do for some reason i don't know why it hits me this way whereas other like darker harder kinks don't but it's part of the fun of it (laughs) you know it's part of our self-exploration and even understanding that no i don't want this in life like i can still enjoy the fantasy of it because i i didn't have that same reaction but i'm working on I'm working on a different project that's hitting me really, really hard. Um, And I don't know if I'll ever share it. Like, it might just be a project that's just for me. But, yeah, yeah, so I I totally understand what you're saying. I just don't, I don't feel that way about bimbification because I just think it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so interesting to me, like, the things that just hit us differently. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. But it's just... I think that you need to write a whole book about bimbification so that you can work through it and think about it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Victoria (laughs) feminist. I mean, the therapist. (laughs) Well, I got my minor in psychology. I did want to get a master's in therapy at one point. (laughs) Well, there you go. Now I have to do it. Now you have to do it. Prescribed. (laughs) Amazing. Oh man, that was fun. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, what do you think, Evelyn? Should we flip a coin on our because um age play and sadism slash pain play were tied for second place? Do you want to flip a coin and we can talk about that one next? That sounds wonderful. That sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, hopefully I will get my ass into the editing room to get this taken care of soon. And we will see everyone next time. Thank you so much. Uh, Please like and subscribe. And yeah. Yeah, we'll put links in the description, uh, linking to our books. If you want to check them out, it's always appreciated. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Um, someone after our last episode commented on our blogs and said that they wanted to be like us, which was just the most sweet, such a sweet comment, but I promise you we're train wrecks. <laughs> but thank you. It was, yeah, it made our day. It was so great. It made me so happy. Um, but yeah, uh, links in the description. Uh rate and subscribe i think that's all the back end stuff so we love you guys have a good night everyone bye-bye bye